Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast with me Nikki today. So uh, all the themes and questions in this podcast are coming from my enhancing coaching clients. They are my online coaching clients that are primarily working with a fat loss goal but also a lot broader kind of health and fitness goals as well. So I record this, I don't know what date we are on now, the 12th of December. So we are well into the festive season the month that a lot of people really, really struggle with trying to maintain any type of kind of routine in regards to health and fitness. Their eating habits kind of get changed quite a lot. Uh, exercise habits quite often change. The winter weather often puts a bit of a stop to a lot of people's kind of walking or outdoor activity habits. And so it's been a really interesting time to kind of see how my clients are getting on with it. And overall, I would say really well. Um, there are a lot of temptations that are coming in. Um, and through the kind of weekly check-ins that has come up. So a few are struggling a little bit in regards to having a lot of different foods in the house, a lot more social events, so they're buying in more food or they're getting leftover more food after parties. And it's not that they're, they're overindulging on them, they're just finding it's obviously there's a lot more temptation around them than there has been in previous weeks and months when they've been on the programme as well. But... Um, Challenge is important. Challenge is where we change. Challenge is where we adapt and learn. And one of the really nice things that has come up regular on the check-ins is um, based on the podcast I think I done last week, or maybe I just did it with my coaching clients. I can't remember. I'm really trying to introduce this concept of responding to things rather than reacting to things. So reactions are kind of those knee-jerk things where you don't you use your kind of subconscious brain to make a decision in a very snap moment and responding is when you use your conscious brain where you really think through kind of the scenario what you want out of the situation how you're going to deal with that situation it takes a little bit longer now that could be 30 seconds um, compared to maybe two seconds uh, and that's generally where people um, can make more positive choices in line with their goals. And we've had lots of really good examples of that this week. So I am going to kind of touch more on themes today rather. So I'm going to start with that. And then we're going to talk about a bit about kind of how to navigate illness um, and how to work around it, how to um, make sure you're still getting some exercise in over the Christmas period and specifically around not relying on other people for that. And I'll touch on that later as well. So a few different areas we're going to talk about. So as I said, so we're going to start off with this responding and reacting thing. Um, and there's been several examples that have come up in regards to buffet food and kind of a lot of sweet treats. You know, the mince pies and the cakes and the chocolates and everything else that's going around. Now, the first thing I want to say is I'm not being a Scrooge here. I am more than happy if my clients are happy for them to eat chocolates and sweets and crisps and, and all the party food that comes out of Christmas. I, I have some. It's not like I'm, I'm saying you can't have it. What my message around this always is, is I want you to have it because consciously you want to have it, not because you've just had this real knee-jerk knee reaction, something's been thrust in front of you and you actually don't feel in control of it and you just end up eating it because, I said, either it's it's been thrust in front of you and there's either peer pressure or there's just normal behaviour patterns coming out that you always have done something, so you've just automatically done it again. And that's what we are trying to avoid. We don't want to do something because it's just something you've always done, if actually what you've always done isn't what you now want to do. 
And this obviously all goes back to what you value at the moment and where your goals are. Now, it might be usually your kind of fat loss goals, your health goals in regards to eating lots of maybe nutritious, unprocessed foods actually aren't so important to you this month. It might be actually this month you are happy accepting that maybe your fat loss goals and your health and nutrition goals might kind of put a little bit of a backseat because you want to take this opportunity to try some of these foods and experience some of the situations that be around you that might not always happen throughout the year and actually you're putting them up higher up on your value list and that's absolutely fine but again that's a conscious thought that I want people to have I don't want anyone regretting the decision they make and that's the big difference between when you respond to something and react to something generally when you react to something a lot of those decisions you'll you'll um you won't agree with afterwards you'll regret them most of the time you respond to something, you won't regret them. And that's because the time period between something happening and when you actually make that decision to um, do the action or the behaviour, so your response, there is a delay where you're thinking about what you're doing. Reaction doesn't have that delay. So you start thinking about it after you've already done it, which is where the regret can sometimes come in. So if you want to have chocolate, if you are happily halfway through your advent calendar and you feel in control of it because you want to have that advent calendar every day and you are managing to have only one piece a day and not indulge in the whole thing in one go, or if you are indulging in one thing the whole go, again, it was a conscious thought that you're happy with and you're now not regretting, that is absolutely fine. Now, in reality, what this might be is you just having one mince pie or maybe two mince pies instead of four mince pies or five mince pies over the course of a day or two days. It might be having some sweets, some chocolates, but not all the the pocket, the, the box. It might be you having a few drinks, but not getting absolutely wasted and can't remember how many shots you had after your five pints. Um, there can be lots of different things. But also it's kind of how you deal with your movement and your exercise routines. So do you let's say someone invites you out for a drink on I don't know Thursday night do you say yes immediately I'll meet you at six o'clock but that means that I now can't do my normal exercise routine that is the kind of quick reaction do you just say yes or do you go actually I could make this all work I could do everything can we actually meet at 7 30 that's going to give me time to do my exercise get home get changed um, and then I can still go out that is a response that is more in line with your goals rather a reaction of just dropping everything that you normally do which does align to your goals to do something that maybe you still want to do but you just need to figure it out so that you can try and boot both you're not having to sacrifice one for the other one so i said that's kind of the reaction and response that i said has been coming through um this week which is awesome uh the next thing i wanted to discuss um was illness and how to overcome it so one of my lovely clients um on the group has had you know stereotypical cold that seems to be doing the rounds and they seem to be lingering for so long and um it's also i've i've had a lot of customers that come to my classes that have had a similar situation it keeps coming up as a bit of a question so i thought i'd touch on it so when you are poorly knowing what to do for your best for your recovery and best for your goals it can be a little bit complicated because sometimes they're the same thing sometimes they actually may be opposing. So what I've said is obviously everyone feels illness differently and even throughout your illness there's going to be some days that you feel a lot worse than others. Now I would generally say if you're coming into an illness 
start really um, pulling back on your exertion level. So your body is trying to fight something then. It's trying to fight the bug. And if it's totally knackered, sorry, here's me wiping my nose when I talk. Um, if your body's really physically knackered from doing a crazy amount of steps, a crazy amount of exercise classes, you're pushing through long working days, you're doing lots of social events, your body's not going to have the energy to also try and fight the illness. So the best time you could probably be resting is those early few days when you start feeling like you're coming down with something. Now, that doesn't mean pulling back and doing nothing. Um, a kind of 10, 15 minute kind of walk outside just to kind of get some fresh air keep your mindset in a good place still feel like you're going through the motions of what you normally do so if you've got to a good habits of going out for a daily walk I don't want you to stop the whole daily walk I just want you to rein it back in so we keep the habit of you getting up and going and putting your shoes on but we're pulling back the exertion level of what that walk does for you so I said so if you're normally doing 10,000 steps a day probably pull it back to half that um Try to really, really focus, and I say this because I know it's not what you're probably wanting to do, on trying to get some nutrient-dense food into your body. So when you're feeling sluggish and tired, which often kind of colds and flus do, some people, and I wish I was in this camp, it'd be very good for the waistline, but um, some people when they're feeling rough don't want anything to eat. And at that point, I'm just like, well, just try and get something a little bit nutritious into you, a banana here or satsuma there or just something. Um, if you're in my court, and actually I just seem to always be hungry, um, you really do want to try and fight against the urge to just eat a lot of carbs, okay? Your body, when it's tired and lethargic, wants carbohydrates because as a main easy fuel, for energy, we interpret that as, oh, let's have some heavily processed kind of snacks and food. Now, there's nothing wrong with that per se. I said, I'm not saying this, that you're suddenly going to put on fat. You're not. But it's not going to make you feel any better. And I think that's the main thing. What we're trying to, if the the illness is making you feel ill, so a chocolate bar is not going to make you feel less ill. Uh, Loads of bags of crisps are not going to make you feel less ill whatever you generally like your go-to thing is it's probably not going to feel less ill okay but what it's not doing which is the thing I'm trying to want you to do is it's not actually going to give you much in the tool belt to actually help fight the illness and if you can get some really high nutrient dense kind of lots of um nutrients and minerals and vitamins and protein into your diet you're feeding your body with everything you could possibly do to give it all the tools to fight this illness. You want your body to work as optimally as possible. So even if you're not that hungry, actually, if you're not that hungry anyway, you're not trying to satisfy any cravings or hunger you got, actually eating some more nutrient-dense food actually might be easier for you. Um, if you are kind of feeling starving hungry, then you actually might kind of have to make a bit more of a conscious effort um, to do so. But as I said, take the pressure off here. I'm not expecting you to stand up and cook some big glorified meal for an hour if you're feeling rough. Get your tin soups out of the cupboard. Get something, some vegetable stock in there. Um, it might be you can just have, I don't know, a little bit of avocado on toast. Um, I said, just try and prep some fruit into a bowl. Put it next to you on the sofa or in bed if you're on bed. And just kind of just munch away through that during the day. Um, something really simple that you can just munch on just slowly. It might be on these occasions. You do want to look at some of these. I I say this very cautiously, so not some people take things too literally but you might want to look at some of these like meal replacement foods so uh the huel meal replacement foods i wouldn't say have the whole time 
But if it's a case of you've got no energy to make anything else and you might get a takeaway because you can't bother to cook, those meal replacements can sometimes be a good thing to have in your cupboard as a bit of a backup. So at least you're getting some food and some nutrients into your body. So I said, try to just focus on nutrient-dense food as much as you can. Try to keep some type of movement into your body as much as you can. And then when it comes to exercise, you really do need to kind of monitor how you're feeling on this one. One from a germ kind of spreading perspective, if you are feeling pretty damn rough going into a class environment or a busy gym environment, you do probably need to consider other people around you. Um, but if, you, if you're if you okay and your hygiene's kind of, you're able to keep on top of it. Try and do some movement. So I think some people wait until, and I say this depending on, I don't want you feeling, if, if you're struggling to go out for a 10 minute walk, please do not go and do an exercise class. But if actually you're all right moving, strength-based training is a really nice way of doing some exercise when you're feeling a little bit under the weather because you can really slow the intensity down you can slow the pace down you don't have to really put much pressure on your cardiovascular system breathing wise you can stay under control so if you kind of got a bit of a chest infection or have had a chest infection or you're just really tight on the chest um, you don't want anything that's going to be pushing your cardio system too much but you can do kind of nice moderate rep range you're probably like 8 to 15 reps on some exercises lighter weight maybe body weight um exercises particularly using i'll say resistance machines so ones that you can kind of sit down at and you don't have to support your whole body weight while doing the motion so maybe a leg press over a deadlift or something or a squat um, maybe lots of like seated rows and pulls and stuff so you're not just not having to stabilize your body but you're still getting your muscles activated you're still getting the blood flow enhanced and that's actually going to help your recovery rather than kind of sitting still and doing nothing and just know your first one or two workouts back, you are probably going to be feeling like you're only running at 50%. And I don't actually want you to run at 50%. Because again, obviously, as you hopefully know, if you do strength training, when you do strength training, you are doing damage to your body, which your, your body then has to heal because that's how your muscles get stronger. We don't want to add extra burden onto a body that's already trying to heal from an illness. But that's not to say we can't sustain what we've got. So if we do gentler, lighter movements and strength training there's far less muscle damage then there's far less muscle damage that needs healing so it's more about kind of just trying to maintain your muscle mass and also said getting that blood flow through your body and generally most people that come and exercise especially me in person that come not sure how they're feeling and we kind of just have a bit of an open door policy that come and give it a go if you feel like it's making you feel worse you can just leave the class um actually leave feeling a lot better and it's generally the turning point for them but you need to be really aware of yourself and where you are on that kind of sickness journey to know whether it's going to help or hinder you but so my advice there is don't wait for you to feel 100% better because that could be weeks down the line and you probably aren't then, then going to feel very energy about exercising because you're so out of the system of exercising which is why I said focus on the walks 10 minutes walks build those walks back up as you start to recover a bit and as you can start building those walks back up, that's also the time that you can then introduce exercise again to it. And don't be um, don't be shy, maybe just doing a little bit of home exercising. That's something you're not very familiar with. Just some gentle squats or gentle press ups, maybe some lunges, um, maybe a little core base exercise. You can always kind of find something on YouTube if you want to follow. Maybe a little yoga flowy thing. The only thing I would say about yoga is a lot of it is either on a plank kind of horizontal position or an upside down position. 
And if you're anything like me and you've got a cold, that is not a nice place to be. So it might be you just want to make sure you're not doing exercises where you're upside down. So it says maybe do some squats and lunges would be good. So, um, but yeah, the, the one of the girls that has been feeling poorly this week actually did the 13 mile charity walk that I organised on Sunday and she managed to conquer it all. Um, which is insane because again, she turned up not knowing whether she was going to have the the health to get herself around and her, her um, very strong mind did it. So well done you if you're listening. Um, on that walk, actually, I just want to touch on that and just say how amazing it was to see. I think we have 43 people do this charity walk. I said it was a 13 mile loop starting and finishing in Sidmouth along some coast path and then up inland up into a very big hill. And then back down and I said in a circle loop, it was really challenging as a terrain walk anyway. Um, and we had the most diabolical weather for the first few hours on the worst of the terrain. So it was a grueling task for people. But the the thing that I looked around that I was most proud of was the fitness levels of people. And it really showed that's the type of fitness that I want everyone to be able to get to in regards to making something transformative in their life. Now, yes, you don't need to be fit enough always to go and do 30 miles walk. But to know that fitness is in your back pocket, that all your training that you've done in different aspects, your steps that you do walking every day, strength training, core training, eating nutritionally, eating lots of protein, has given these people the tools that their body, when needed to, can push through 30 miles. And I was like, that is the type of fitness I love. That's the type of health fitness that I think everyone should strive for to know that if they needed to or if they want to, they've got that fitness capability in them. So well done, everyone that walked. And anyone that didn't walk that wants to walk in, we will do another charity walk in future. Um, I'll try not to make them any longer. They've kind of grown a bit. I'm not going to, I don't want to push us up to like 25 miles. I don't think I'll have anyone left doing it with me. Okay. Uh, what was I going to touch on next? So I'm going to touch on next in regards to non-negotiable um, targets and promises. So I've been starting to introduce this in with my clients in the last few weeks. So our non-negotiable promises are the things that we say we're going to do every day, no matter what. And that's all about holding ourselves accountable and building trust in ourselves. And it's that daily reminder that we've got a goal that we're working towards. Now, these non-negotiable targets or promises, I like to call them, should be set quite small so that if all else fails, if everything else in your day is going wrong, you can still hit these non-negotiables. Now, that might be, as I said, a 10 minute walk outside. Now, alongside these non-negotiables, we have what we call our stretch targets. So actually, our non-negotiable might be I'm going to go a 10 minute walk or it might be, I don't know, 5,000 steps. Um, throughout the whole day. Our stretch target might be I want to go for an hour walk or I might, I don't know, want 10,000 steps throughout the day. And having the non-negotiable is the thing that makes you still do the action. That's the thing that keeps your health and fitness goals in mind and keeps you getting out that door. Then your kind of daily priorities will determine whether you can stretch to a higher level or not. But we want people to get the confidence in themselves that no matter what, they do these small actions. So it might be, do you know what, every day I'm going to make sure as a non-negotiable, I have a one piece of fruit every single day. In an ideal world, that might be three, but I'm going to have the non-negotiable as one. It might be, I'm going to make sure as a minimum, I get protein into my diet on two occasions a day. My stretch target is actually I want that on four occasions a day. But just keep it in mind that you're always thinking about getting protein into your diet at least twice a day. It's the thing that's going to keep you on that right path towards your goals because you're not letting your goals slip out of your mind. 
they're there, but they're there at a really easy, slow, manageable pace. And then when you have time, capacity, all that stuff to push harder, you've got your stretch targets to aim towards. And that's been really clear. Um, One of my clients this week, (laughs) I won't mention her name, but she messaged, um, I think it was about 10 to 11. I think it was last night. She hadn't got the steps in that she wanted for the day. And so she was like walking um, her front driveway with one of her children's umbrella umbrellas in the rain, getting her steps in. Now, am I saying that you've got to be walking at 10 to 11 at night in the rain, in the dark to get your health and fitness goals? No. This client has chosen to do that. But she's chosen to do it because that's not how she gets her steps in every day. But obviously something happened during the day yesterday meant she couldn't get her steps in. So by having these targets that she wanted to reach doing her late night steps last night is probably going to encourage her today to get them in earlier into her day so that's kind of like worst case scenario she's promised herself she's going to get these steps in she will get those steps in no matter what but I said it's going to be actually probably work as a nice kind of backhanded motivator that coming days if she doesn't want to have to do it at 10 to 11 at night she's going to find a way of getting it in a lot earlier in the day and that's where this I said these daily targets can really help keep pushing you on and keep trying to find some structure to your day um and so i'm so so i'm so impressed with that which is brilliant but yeah everyone seems to be on their check-ins that they've been really well hitting their non-negotiable promises to themselves okay keep things small and just building that confidence in yourself that you are capable of doing what you say you're going to do because so much of making change is about trusting that you can do it yourself it's all about self-confidence and that's what we're trying to build There's no point having these ridiculously high targets that you're never going to meet or not going to meet continuously because you're always going to feel like a failure if you don't meet them. We want to move the goalposts a lot lower, a lot smaller, so you can reach them. And then, as said, you can stretch yourself further if you want to. Um, My last little random kind of conversation shift, this is really jumping from one thing to the other, but they're not worthy of a podcast each. I was going to chuck them all into one podcast, is... Please do not rely on another person, and I say this, or your dog, to get your workouts or your steps in. So this is going to sound really random, but it's come off several conversations I've had, not actually with my online coaching clients this week, but with um, some of my in-person clients that I know. And some, it's a very common thing, especially when people are starting a fitness journey, they want to do it with someone because that's where they feel like they're going to get the accountability. Now, there is an argument for this, and I wouldn't say you can't go and work out with a friend, you can't go walking with a friend, but an over-reliance on only doing something when your friend or your sister or your mum or whatever it, who it is might be also does it, is going to really narrow down your chances of succeeding. Because most people I work with, network with, socialise with, are busy, most of them working mums, not everyone's got kids, a lot of them work full-time, but one way or another, they're in in busy full-time jobs, or they're busy full-time parenting, or they're trying to do both at the same time. Trying to find a window of opportunity to go for a walk, or to go to an exercise class, or to cook a nutritious meal, is hard. It is not easy. If it was easy, they'd be in the gym the whole time. Okay, it is not easy for them to allocate that time. They have to shift stuff around in their diary to get there. If you're then trying to chuck in the mix that you are then also waiting for someone else to find that exact same time in their diary and not just in their diary, in a time that fits around their own kids clubs and their husband's work schedules 
and their family commitments, you are literally trying to find a needle on a haystack. And it happens time and time again. So any clients that I've got coming to classes that come to start with with a friend, the amount of cancellations I'll get because if one of them can't come, the other one then doesn't want to come. Even though the other one's more than capable of coming, they got the time, they got the resources, they, they were planning on coming. And it's because they're relying on the other person. And I try as early as possible to detach the need for someone to bring someone else to a class or to a PT session or going for a walk straight away. Make it a nicety. Oh, if your friend wants to come, they're coming. But the best way to do this is you look in your diary and you say, right, I can do something on a Thursday evening. And you make that promise to yourself that you are doing it for you because it's your health, it's your fitness, it's your fat loss, it's your exercise goals, whatever you're doing it for, they are your goals. You come for you. Now, if you want to tell a friend or a family member that you're going to do it at that time and it would be nice if they want to join you, that's fine. Get them to come along with you. It might make the session more enjoyable for you. It might give you that extra kind of bit of confidence. But if they then pull out or suddenly can't come, that shouldn't affect you doing it because you made the promise to yourself first that that is when you're doing something. Same as going for a walk. A lot of people go for walks at lunchtime with their colleagues. But as soon as one of their colleagues is ill or hasn't come into work or is held up in a meeting suddenly that lunchtime walk goes and I hear it so so often oh I couldn't go out for a walk because so and so was held up in a meeting no no no. that's them affecting their health and fitness goals you're not letting their life affect your health and fitness goals and that's that kind of external impact that you don't want to use you need to do everything for yourself for your own well-being for you and I said anyone else in that is just a help you don't rely on them and I touched on the start about dogs because it's so funny. The amount of times, it's like that whole whole joke from like back in school days that my dog ate my homework so I couldn't do it. The, I, and it reminded me this morning because one of my lovely customers messaged me. She was out for a walk, but she had no dog with her. She said it felt really weird. Now, um, I don't have a dog, so I, don't, oh, I do so much walking, but none of it's with a dog. I walk because I want to walk. But those that have got dogs get so reliant on the reason they're going for a walk is for their dog, even if they've got their own fitness goals. The dog becomes a thing that kind of makes them go out for the walk, which is brilliant. And this is why a lot of dog owners are actually very fit and healthy and they get a lot of steps in, which is awesome. But again, please don't become over-reliant on the dog because dogs, unfortunately, will sometimes get ill. They will sometimes get older. They will sometimes go to someone else's house for a stay over depending on what your house situation is, obviously. They don't just go for sleepovers for fun. But there are going to be days and occasions now and in the future that unfortunately your dog is probably not going to be able to go out for a walk for you every day. And if for your health and the fitness goals and your kind of wellness and mental being really wants to go out for a walk every day, do not attach the dog as a part of the thing that you need to do on it. But you probably will need to replace that with something. So most dog owners probably actually interact with their dogs quite a lot and probably don't listen to any music or podcasts because they're, they're there for the dog. Um, whereas I would say most people without a dog have probably got headphones in and they are listening to some music or I said I love to listen to a podcast or maybe they do walk to a friend's house or they walk with a friend or something. So generally they'll kind of replace that dog with something else. And so if you are a dog walker and you can't go out for a walk with your dog that day, replace that with something else in regards to said give yourself the opportunity to listen to 
to a podcast or maybe make a couple of phone calls while you're out walking or just enjoy the peace and quiet and realise how much faster you might be able to walk by a dog kind of pulling you off left and right and stopping to smell the the pavements and stuff the whole time. So <laughs> that, I don't know even know why I told you about that, but I just think sometimes people need to hear it, that you don't need to rely on a dog. You don't need to like rely on a friend. Have the confidence in yourself that you can do something for yourself, your health, your fitness. And if you do go to a gym or if you do go to a class, I promise you will talk to more people if you go by yourself. And I say this, I spent a lot of time, what seems like years ago now, traveling the world by myself. And occasionally for like the kind of, I don't know, 18 months I was away, occasionally I'd have a friend come and stay with me for a bit of it. And I promise you not, the times that I was staying with a friend in a hostel, I made no other friends. All the time I was traveling by myself, I made loads of friends because people talk to people that aren't with anyone. And you probably, if you actually reflect on it yourself, you probably know that. If if you're somewhere and there's someone looking a bit lost or lonely or just doesn't have anyone to talk to, you're way, way more likely to kind of introduce yourself or just kind of get into general chit chat about the weather or, I don't know, a train running late or whatever it might be. But if someone stood with someone chatting away, you don't go and interrupt their conversation. You don't get involved. Um, so have faith in yourself that if you want to integrate yourself and feel comfortable in an environment, the sooner you do something by yourself, the quicker you're going to get comfortable there because the quicker you're going to make relationships with the people that are there. Now, you might not become best friends with people in the gym, but you will probably see the same people every time you go in the gym, if you go at the same time. And that initial day where there might not be any communication, the next time it might be the smile, the next time it might be hello, the next time you actually might start helping them with a workout, pairing up next to them, you might get into conversation, you might then decide to actually you're going to go to a class at a similar time. Um, you will, that will build, but that won't build if you have a partner with you. It just doesn't happen. We don't like to interrupt conversations with people that are already with people. So I said, if you want to really make this long term and it's about you succeeding on your own journey, take those brave first steps by yourself and I promise you'll get there a lot quicker. Cool. I'm going to wrap up there because that was the most random different concoctions or themes that I could put into one talk. Um, I will be back on the podcast before Christmas, but if you don't listen to it before Christmas... Have a lovely Christmas. And if you are listening to this weeks down the line, I hope you had a nice Christmas. Um, the little finishing bit on my podcast will tell you about my, en- oh my God, I can't my words out, the Envision and Enhancing group that is starting in uh, January. My brain has gone dead. Um, so if you do want to join my coaching, you can start in January. Um, drop me a follow on the podcast system you're listening to whether apple Podcasts or on spotify because then you get notified on when i next um drop a podcast so you can keep up to date take care everyone bye